Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast live from the Amigo Provisions Company studio. We are part of Believe and Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. And all live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark, Arkansas. I am Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Jacob Davis. And our broadcast is brought to you by Bet Online, which remains your number one source for all sports betting this season. Everything you'll find, the latest odds, team matchups, info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head on over to Bet Online to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus. And make sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we'll start it in broom fashion. Arkansas sweeps Tennessee in three games. Um, for someone who says they're elite to not win a series. Everett Baumwalker Stadium, and not to win a series since 2005. Uh, I think they've uh, pretty much packed their bags and, and went home, took the L, and uh, I hope they had safe trips back to Knoxville. But, uh, Jacob, I mean, what more could you ask for in this? We knew that they could come in and, and, and take two out of three. It was going to be a struggle, but I didn't see a sweep coming. I mean, up until today, of course, but did you see – a sweep coming when you when, when it comes to Arkansas's win over Tennessee. So when you look around with this team and the buildup of this team, they're missing they're missing Jackson Wiggins, they're missing Brady Tiger, they're missing uh, another pitcher, and and you you didn't have Jared Wagner uh, out in left field this weekend, so they had to shake things up. Uh, but they responded so well. The freshman pitchers responded, and and. Uh, you think about Gage Wood on Saturday Gage night Wood. going three. I mean, he had, uh, I think, six strikeouts in his last seven batters. Like, dude, dude is throwing some heat, and he got out of a jam last night. And then you talk about uh, today and in, in, in the sweep where uh, uh, Ben Bobby, he comes in, and yep. he, he throws some good. I think he threw about five or six innings of good ball. And then, and then you close with another freshman pitcher. And then on Friday night, uh, heavens, man, they just, they are opt- opportunistic. They don't do it with just pitching. They don't do it with just hitting. They're, they're still in bases. Like, they are aggressive. And, like, when, when you think about this team and this weekend, they wanted this series because it's a big-time rivalry now in college baseball. You, you saw how aggressive, like, this is aggressive Dave Van Horn times 100. Because yeah, they they'll steal bases occasionally, but they were aggressive. I mean, there was a couple of times on uh, on Saturday where they had guys stealing multiple bases in in one inning. Like it was just incredible, exceptional hitting, great pitching by the freshmen, and I think Arkansas right now is in a good spot moving forward with the sweep of Tennessee. Yeah, anytime you get a sweep, I mean that just puts you, I mean, further and further ahead of the pack, you know, and especially when you're trying to chase LSU and just what they're doing this year. I mean, you know, it alleviates that series loss. But, you know, overall, 
you know, right now Arkansas is 29 and 7, 11 and 4 in conference. I mean, that that's the thing. It's like, you know, Guru, he was talking about 18 and 12 overall when it comes to the, the his prediction. You're sitting at 11 and 4 mm-hmm. after playing Tennessee and LSU. Now, you're 24 and 3 at home, but you're 3 and 3 away. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. But what's the craziest thing that, you know, looking at the scores, I mean, these were two three-run games and then seven to two. You would think just by the way this series was manhandled that every game would have been a five to six-run game. I mean, that's just the the vibe that I got. It was five, two, six, three, seven, two. And you would have thought that Arkansas won every game in run rule fashion. I mean, that's just the hype. That this Tennessee series brings, and I'll tell you what, I was I was driving home from work on um, Friday, and I got oh I dr- I made it the point to drive by the stadium. It was I'm gonna say it was like two thirty three o'clock, and there was already fans already lined up from the gate all the way to the end of Razorback Road where that four way stop is, and that was two thirty three o'clock. I mean these people were camped out, and I mean they ready started to camping go. on Wednesday exactly. night exactly. And then you got that RV park right across the street where, you know, next to that manufacturing plan, I, I can't remember what, yeah. what they make there, but, you know, that place was full. It, it's just, it was an atmosphere. <clears throat> and just seeing the crowd and the pictures, you know, the, with the flags waving after the home runs, I mean, and just Borfin and another home run. It, it's just when one guy goes down, I mean, another guy. And that was the biggest thing I'll say, and I'll turn it back over to you, was, you know, who's going to be these leaders that step up and, and really carry this team? And for the first time, you can really say that they have multiple guys that have risen to the Cajun. There's not just one true leader, but that's in a good way of saying this team's got a lot of guys that care about this program and want to win just as much. It's not just one guy trying to pick the rest of the team up. I mean, you see freshman Gage Wood. I mean, that kid – is on pace to be the freshman of the year in the SEC. I mean, if he's not already – I mean, I know we're – we still got a ways to go in SEC play, but just what he's done in, in these past two series and to shut the door on Tennessee and pick up his third save of the season, I mean, that's just amazing. And, again, there's a little pixie dust when an Arkansas kid puts on an Arkansas jer- uniform. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just all there is and, to it. Yeah, and, and you, you talk about freshman of the year – I mean, I think he could he could potentially be closer of the year. You think uh, you think of another guy that's throwing heat is Hunter Holland, the freshman yes. Friday guy. Like he wasn't even supposed to be in the position. He was probably going to be a Saturday Sunday type of kid. No, he gets thrusted into the freaking Friday night series, and and he's just I mean he's throwing six seven innings of work, ninety something pitches every week. He'll give up a run every now and then, but. I mean, he's just, he's having a phenomenal year. He's under, I think he's under a uh, 1.0 ERA for the year. Uh, just throwing really good, uh, throwing really good stuff. Dylan Carter, he was uh, the middle reliever in today's game. Four, four and two-thirds, he didn't pitch three, uh, three strikeouts. And the guy that I couldn't remember was Christian Fouch. Uh, he pitched the final inning, had one strikeout, and closed up uh, Tennessee and, Man, Arkansas, uh, Arkansas, Dylan Carter, he's been fanta- fantastic. Uh, he's 6-0 on the year, uh, and then today he pitched a uh, season-long, career-long, four and two-thirds. So uh, you, 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 got, you can't say enough about him. You, you, you were talking about guys that, like multiple leaders, you think about Peyton Stovall, 
a guy when you need a hit in, at, at times. And then you think about uh, TJ Josenberger, uh, Tavian. Uh, you think about Jace Borfin. Like, there's just multiple guys up and down this lineup. You think about uh, Brady Slavens, the guy that's been there. This is his third year. Like, there are so many guys here that have, that have played a lot of ball, whether you're a transfer or whether you've been in the Razorback program for very long. Like, these guys are getting it to put it together at the at the right time, I think. And, and you're going to bring back these guys that are injured, kind of like a Brady Tiger and a Jared Wagner that, that missed this uh, series. And and I, I, mean, I honestly, I'm thinking, well, outside of LSU and in South Carolina, Arkansas may be, they could be the third best team in the SEC. I think there's a I lot. I think of they're better than South Carolina. I mean, and this is this, you know, throw the whole bias of thing away from they're they're playing hot at the right time. You know, yeah. they they got. I want to see them grind throughout, and they they've gotten to play yeah. some of the you know the, the the bottom teams. And Vandy is not what Vandy. Has been, you know, and I think I don't end up what happened with the series between South Carolina and Vanderbilt. I know they picked up game one, but I don't know how the rest of the series went. But I think that's, you know, Arkansas has South Carolina's number just like they have Tennessee's number. I'm not worried. Yeah. I mean, now you you get them at the end of the year, but I think yeah. LSU tier one, and then you've got Arkansas and possibly South Carolina tier two. But I think Arkansas – Right now, the if we're playing how we're playing, Arkansas is the second best team in the in the SEC by far. Because you, you look at the, the the injury bug that's plagued all sports, and everybody's like, "Crap, you know, here's another injury. Here goes this and that." And it's like you have Wagner get hurt, and you're like, "Dang it!" I mean, four to six weeks or something like that. So I think that's what they were saying. But they just they come in, and I think that's the biggest thing with this team is. They took that injury and they're like, "No, we're we still we're going to win for our brother," and they done it in sweeping fashion. Yeah, absolutely. But I think if you, we had a, I think we had Easter uh, Ethan Westerman with us too. I think yeah, uh, we're going to bring him on. Yeah, now, we're going to bring him on in just a second. What, what I want to do is just say that you know you got UCA coming up on Tuesday, and then they travel to Georgia on the twenty twenty first and twenty second. So. But and no. Georgia, Georgia's not uh, – they're not necessarily one of the uh, world-beater SEC teams either. <laughs> so, it's kind of going to be a little bit of a break, a sigh of relief before you uh, have to go and play uh, Texas A&M, who's been hot this weekend. I think they swept Missouri. And then uh, you go and play Mississippi State, who ended up losing the series to – or ended up winning the series against Ole Miss this weekend too. They're a bitter rival. I think Vanderbilt beat Carolina. And the series because Vanderbilt's at the top of the East, thirteen and two, and Carolina wow. failed ten of ten and four. So uh, you look at the West, you got Arkansas at the top of the West at eleven and four in conference. So Vanderbilt's at the top right now, thirteen and two. You got Florida, Georgia's at the bottom, four and eleven in the conference. But again, it's the SEC, so you can't go into Georgia next weekend and and take them lightly. You know, you you got to really Excellent. be nails. Because we've seen what happened. I mean, it just shows you any weekend anybody can fall to the teams in the SEC. But with that, yes, we will bring in Ethan Westerman of WholeHogSports.com um, or Hog Sports Network, I should say, the newly formed Hog Sports Network. In our segment, um, we're going to talk about some uh, spring ball, and I'm trying to get my 
stupid cursor to come back to the other screen as I have many problems with that when we're doing the multi-monitor. But there's Ethan. Ethan, how how we doing, man? Doing good, doing good. I uh, completed yesterday. I you know they did the Woo Pig weekend up here, and I completed the triple crown. Went to spring football, then softball, then baseball. <laughs> so busy weekend uh, watching you know some different sports, but I wouldn't want to have it any other way. Made it out to Bogle again today for the series sweep. So good weekend. Before we get into the, the spring game, I mean, you said you got to go to the baseball game. How is that? You know, you're really kind of your – is that your first experience really covering a baseball game? And, and what did you think about just the atmosphere and, and the way that Arkansas played against Tennessee? Yeah, so since the softball game got put in some weather delays yesterday, I was planning on getting to make it for the whole baseball game, but I got there about, I think it was the middle of the sixth inning, um, and uh, environment was phenomenal. I mean, I I was telling this to Matt Jones, who I was sitting next to up there. He was uh, covering it for the paper that night, but um, I'd never been to Bomb Stadium outside of the hog pen i'd never even had like a normal seat so this was my first time to actually sit in a spot in the stadium where i could see everything that was happening and see all the the entire crowd and the entire environment there was a little bit i think the saturday crowd was probably the worst of the three just because there was um it was a little bit colder and um it just seemed like the hog pen was fuller on friday sunday with the being sunny and nice weather but even then, it was so loud. I told, I leaned over to Matt and I said, This is, I haven't felt, you know, this type of stadium environment since football season. Like, I mean, I've been going to, I went to one men's basketball game, so I take that back. Yeah. But with all the sports that I've been covering since, I mean, it just, you just don't get that roar like you do in a bomb stadium whenever you watch the opposing pitcher try and pick off a guy at third base and then go away and run score. I mean, the place went nuts after that because they were, it was just such a big moment in the game. That was kind of whenever I first got there. <laughs> and so uh, it just, it, it was a great environment. Definitely. Um, you could tell this was a series that people, the moment that it was on that schedule, people had it circled, highlighted, Sharpie circled around. Oh, yeah. they, they were going to make this one. Yeah, they, they had that. I mean, they were waiting on that before the schedule even come out. I mean, they're like, all right, when do we play Tennessee? <laughs> I mean, it's it's become one of those rivalries, and I know we talk about it, about rivalries, but it's funny how you look at the Missouri football rivalry and we say it's not really a rivalry. I mean, Missouri, you know, has really got the upper hand on Arkansas when it comes to the football side of things. But when you turn around and it's in your favor, you look at the baseball rivalry that Tennessee's come up with, well, it's kind of flipped. Arkansas has had the upper hand. You know, Tennessee hasn't won a series since 05. I know with the East-West thing that kind of skews that a little bit, but – Still, yet yeah, they've never won a series inside Baumwalker. I mean, they that they haven't probably won a series since they played at the fairgrounds over there by Washington Regional. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. been a while uh, since I think '96 was the last year that they've won in Fayetteville, I believe. So, yeah, and that's the thing. That's the difference. I think this baseball series, it's been that's how a rivalry should be. It's it was it's just it was organically formed, like you know with the chippy game at Tennessee that one year with Vitello and Van Horn getting into it, that the Kevin Cops year, you know, and then Tennessee turning around and having a great season last year, the year after. I mean, it's one of those rivalries that's been, you don't have to add any extra fuel on it. It already packs a lot of punch. And it's just, it's funny how much Arkansas has dominated in the series. It's, you know, similar to the way that 
I mean, the Missouri-Arkansas football series, let's just admit it, it feels very, very forced, but they keep on beating Arkansas where it's like, you know, at some point, you can't say it's not a rivalry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. you got to hate them. I mean, you hate them just as much as they hate you, and I think that's where that stems from it. Yeah, well, um, all that to say – crazy environment there i mean and i think originally whenever the sec baseball schedule came out they actually didn't have arkansas Tennessee. that's right i think there was some mistake or something and people were losing their mind because it's just (laughs) been building up so much over the past two years of we want to play each other the fan bases and then you know i think it's like a day or so later maybe even the same day sec turns out i was like hey we had an error basically (laughs) (laughs) they knew they made a mistake that's right this is in the schedule and so you knew from that moment you know Whenever you saw how angry people were that it wasn't on the schedule, you knew as soon as it got on there. And the fact that it was coming to Fayetteville, that there would be some pretty big crowds. Way bigger stadium in Fayetteville than in Tennessee. So um, I think that, you know, it was a perfect situation for packing a stadium, packing a big stadium for a big matchup. And then, of course, Arkansas took care of business. And so you have that the whole deal. We're all off season. I mean, it's still a it's still going to be a rivalry, and the Arkansas fans will have the upper edge until Tennessee <laughs> proves they can beat them in a series. And I think that's another thing, Dave Van Horn. I mean, and, and Tony Vitello. Tony wants to beat Dave so bad. Like you were talking about that pick play uh, where he overthrew third base. Like you could see, like Tony Vitello thinking, "Man, if I don't figure something out right now, we're going to lose this series." And, and and I mean, that really ended up biting them in the rear, and that's that ended up being the deciding factor in the series because after that, it was total onslaught Arkansas from, I guess, the fifth inning on uh, of the game two on through uh, today. Like, it was all Arkansas the rest of the way. Yeah, no, I uh, I actually got the opportunity after the game yesterday because uh, just helping out with whatever, I interviewed Vitello. Um, and one of the questions asked to him was about that, that pick play. And then this was his quote. He said, uh, when it's not going well, you can't just sit still. So that was his entire thing. He was like, we're going to be aggressive. We can't just – we just can't get it handed to us and not be trying to make some plays happen. But, I mean, that one bit him in the rear because that ended up being the such a big momentum shift that inning. Yeah. I think it was the fact that it was a double – it was almost like a double pick or a fake pick to first. And then when he spun around to third, he didn't – you know, and you've got to be really set when you're you know, throwing it on a dime. And – you know, all it takes is for you. And you're, you got to think we're doing this on a mound. We're not doing this on flat service like you're throwing. You know, doing a fake screen to a wide receiver and then you switch to the left hand side of the field and throw the ball. You're doing this on a pitching mound. So, you know, all those things. But again, we've seen where it's just not went Arkansas's way and everything just kind of fell apart. And I think that's what happened with them. And I, I'm not complaining because I couldn't see it happening to a better team than Tennessee to sit there and get swept. I mean, it used to be the LSU-Arkansas series in baseball, but now it's shifted. Like, I don't want to beat anybody worse than Tennessee when it comes to baseball because, you know, at least LSU's earned their stripes. They've earned their national championship. They can they have a right to say that they're above Arkansas when it comes to programs. And But here comes Tennessee not beating you in 20 years or, or 10 years. <laughs> And you're sitting there saying you're better program. I mean, it's almost like, all right, humble yourself a little. And that's probably why they haven't won anything. you know, you got to be able to be humble to be able to win something. Yeah, and I think that last year the way that they um, 
I know they, they made everybody mad last year the way that they just celebrated anything that ever went right for them, scoring runs and stuff. It's like, I mean, it, it all comes full circle. You do that in a year where you're doing well and then you get beaten. Was it their own regional they got beat? It's like you can't expect whenever you start hitting the road the next year against these teams, if you're not winning games, that they aren't going to make sure you know you aren't winning games. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of Kentucky when they had in basketball when they had all these high hopes and then they end up getting beat by Robert Morris or something in the uh, NIT or something. I mean, it was it was something crazy where they were supposed to be like the number one or top ten team, and you know you have all this hump, you know all this arrogance, and then you go to the postseason, you're in the w, or you're in the NIT and get beat by Robert Morris. So I mean, it's crazier things have happened. But we'll switch it over to the spring game. I know. It's spring game format, and, 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 you know, it's for the fans and really getting some reps. But what, what was some of your takeaways from the spring game? So, some positives, some minuses, and, and some things they could possibly – what you think they need to work on moving forward to, to summer camp? Yeah, spring games are so hard because you want to see – you know, you want to see people dominate. But if you see one side dominating, if the offense is just dominating, you're like, oh, man, the defense has a ton of work to make up. So it's I think it's been a positive that the feedback from the past three times they've really kind of scrimmaged like this is that it's kind of taken turns of who, sh- who did better, offense, defense, offense. But, like, on Saturday, I think that both units had plenty of – good plays i think the defensive line looked pretty good they were um it, it's kind of reminiscent to last year it felt like almost boom or bust where they're either getting a, a sack which i mean it was just a tap because spring ball but um or big completions down the field it was but i mean that's all things it's once once they start going full speed and actually hitting a little bit more i think that you'll get a better idea, but I think that both sides have taken turns, like I said, of having their moments where the offense looks better, the defense looks better, which I think that's kind of what you want at this time, because if one side is just looking a lot more behind the other one, you have questions, but um, I do think that one of the biggest takeaways was definitely Isaiah Satanga. He just looks so much more confident than, I mean, we can't even say he looks more confident than he did last year, because we didn't even see the guy much last year, other than I think the bowl game, but he is he was a playmaker on Saturday. He looked like how he did in seven a West tearing through that conference. He just so fast. And he, that's the thing about him. He can create so much separation simply just by planning a foot and (laughs) burst of speed. He's just that fast. Um, And so that was encouraging to see. There were several really good passes to him. Cade Fortin hit him on one corner of the end zone. It was his second touchdown uh, catch of the day that it was perfectly placed. I mean, and he toe tapped it in. So that was an encouraging thing to see. I think some other um, things you like to see from that game, probably um, the receiver group in general, you know, it's just, it's so different from what it was last year. You aren't looking at the same, this is just new faces. And I think that every single one of them had some good plays. Luke, um, Luke has out of the tight ends position. He had a nice game. Um, some other guys, uh, Washington, the tight end, he's, he had some catches. I think that right now the offense is looking – if I was going to say which one maybe looks a step ahead of the other, I'd say the offense is really progressing nicely under Enos. It just seems like everybody's kind of buying into the whole system. Um, KJ's taking more snaps, you know, under center. And I think he said on the, on the broadcast of the game that he's getting – he's starting to like like that more than shotgun almost. He said that it's nice being able to audible too. It's something that's getting him ready for the next level. So um, 
all in all, I think, I mean, you're encouraged overall by the way the practices have gone. The team definitely, um, I think Sam said before the game, I'm going to butcher his quote probably, it was something like practices probably could have gone better, but I'm not sure how much. Which that, whenever you got your coach saying that, that's a good thing because um, he's leaving room for improvement, but he's saying that it's hard to find spots right now where he's not just pleased with how things are going. I think people are really bought in. Um, another note from the spring game that I mean stood out to me, Cam Little made a 58-yard field goal. I've seen that. I've seen that. Boomed it. I mean, it was it would have made it from another three or four yards, maybe more out. So that was good to see. Um, maybe uh, uh, Torian Carter being back out there, that was good to see. I know he had a, a sack. I, I get so hard calling these sacks for me because, you know, <laughs> just yeah. touching that. But, you know, seeing some faces like that out there um, making – plays yeah overall i think that i was just i mean i don't know how well they promoted the game in general but the 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 stadium turnout was not very good in general with attendance but i don't know maybe it's because people were down at bomb walk yeah i mean that that's the thing you had so much going on and and that was a thing like i don't know if they i mean you know this is what's weird is you know the tennessee series and maybe they were making some big weekend out of it where everybody can go be everywhere and let's face it I mean the spring game is what it is so maybe it's a good thing you know they did have it but I was kind of surprised because I thought there'd be more of a turnout because you know they're trying to look and see what they're going to do but then again it's a it's spring game you're not going to see what Enos is wanting to do they're not going to put anything on you know especially now with these things being televised you're going to get way less than what you thought you would see because these things are on TV now. And, you know, you've seen KJ over there doing some commentary during the game. So, yeah, I like what they were doing. I don't have any complaints about it other than I just thought more people would go. But I get why when you have the biggest series and people are camped out and apparently there were some things going on in the hog pen, you know, with and with some, you know, I don't know all that Twitter mess was going on, but it's just crazy to – you think how the tide shifted with this program until they start winning eight, nine games on a regular basis where there would have been 5,000 people at this baseball series and there would have been thirty to 40,000 at the spring game. Now there's 10, 11,000 at the baseball stadium, and I don't know if they cracked 10,000 at the Dagum spring game. If they did, I would be shocked. I mean, it just didn't look very well attended, but I get it. I mean, it's like you said, it's it's – they don't do a big spring game like how other. It's a glorified big practice the way they do it. Yeah. I mean, they had a, I think 120 or so plays that they did, so it was way more way more live situation than they do most practices. But it's not like they were promoting it as the red white game. I think they called it the spring football showcase yeah. or something. They weren't. I don't think the goal was to make it some big game where you're going to have somebody getting injured because because <laughs> you're going too hard. Um, but I think that all in all, it was. It was it served a good purpose. I think Sam said that um, after the game, something along the lines of like the, it was good for us, and there's a lot of things we can learn from this. Seeing that he did a lot of different situational things, so there was a period where it was like the defense has to get the ball back, offense trying to get the first down and bleed out the clock, um, just situational things. Um, another note that I'll make of it. I mean, this is my first year really covering the team, like, 
being there and seeing it firsthand. But the general consensus I hear is that like the quarterback room right now looks a lot better than it has, you know, in other years. I mean, of course you have KJ coming back who's solidified himself as top three quarterback in the league coming back. I mean, I don't know. You look at the SEC West, who else you're saying? I mean, maybe Jaden Daniels at LSU. But, I mean, he's one of the more – he's one of the established quarterbacks coming back in the league. And then you have Jacoby Criswell coming in, who he's played behind some just really good guys at North Carolina. Um, but he, he's he got an arm. There was one play that at this showcase that it was he was called down because it was – they touched him or something. But he threw a missile down the field to Mbappe. 65 yards. It, it was – I mean, and it was a beautiful pass. You really saw his arm on that play. So. He he so he stepped up. So basically there was two guys coming into pressure him. He stepped up and I guess he got touched and just launched it. I mean I mean it was over everybody and it went straight into Bakke's hands. It was it was an incredible throw. Fantastic. And that's something that I don't think many other teams around the country have in a backup quarterback. Well, I mean, when does last? I mean, I mean, honestly, I know. I mean, Tyler Wilson could sling it. Austin Allen can sling it. But I mean, other than Ryan Mallett, re- I mean, really, we I can go back that far. Somebody can just chunk the ball that far on a dime. I think that's going to be a huge, huge deal when it comes to you're looking for that dual threat. I mean, somebody can really zip it downfield. And again, you're looking at an offensive coordinator who wants to be there, and they're already looking for another job. That's going to be the biggest thing of really seeing how much KJ really progresses when you got a guy that believes in the team, believes in the system, and who really wants to be there instead of wanting to jump to Miami or Mississippi State or, you know, now TCU. I mean, that, that's huge. When yeah. you've got a boss, your OC, that's wanting to be there mentally just as much as he is there wanting to, you know, be there for Sam Pittman, that's going to be a big difference when it comes to running this offense this year. And even going beyond the the first two quarterbacks, I mean, with um, Jefferson Singleton. and uh, Criswell, I am a huge Malachi Singleton fan. I think that on um, – I mean, in the spring showcase, he had a lot of ball security problems. I think he dropped like two or three, but I think that was just jitters. This is – I mean, this is a guy who left high school early to come be up here, and it's a game that's on TV. I think that he just had a little jitters with some of those mistakes. Um and I'm he rightfully so. I mean, I think he got an earful coming out because I mean it is a spring game where you're just, you know, you're not gonna get hit. So, but aside from those little jitter mistakes, which you know those are just overthinking it in a spring game. But um, whenever he was just playing loose and playing free, I really liked what I saw from him, and I've liked it all spring. I think he has one of the best deep balls on the team, and I got to talk to his high school head coach. I wish I could remember his name right now. I'm gonna kick myself for that, but got to talk to him month or so ago um out in savannah i think savannah georgia definitely georgia i think it's savannah <laughs> but, um, you're right he was teammates with sam and Bake actually in high school um fun fact um but his coach just the amount of praise he had for malachi singleton was you know i talked to all the recruits head coaches because i was writing a little um for hogs illustrated magazine little um just bios on each of the signees and there was just something different talking about him just how how much he enjoyed talking about Malachi beyond the the person, the player that he is. He was saying that this is a guy that anytime he was stepped on the field for him, he felt like he had a chance to win because just the way that he has an ability to pick up a team around him. Um, and I just, I've liked what I've seen. He seems like a really mature, um, mature guy. Then that's what you want to see from a freshman, a guy who steps in and is already pretty mature. So I, I think look, he'll have some, 
moments down the road. Um, just looking forward to seeing how he progresses. And then in Cade Fortin, I was kind of just throughout some of these practices, you know, I wasn't as impressed with some of his accuracy on some things, but then he comes out in the spring game. And I mean, whenever people are watching, that's all that I guess really matters. He looked pretty, pretty dang good in the spring game. Um, so I think the quarterback room, you, you have a lot of positives from right now. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. I think though, this is one of the first times in a while you have a pretty clear one and two. And that's like, good. I mean, with, with how everything unfolded last year, even it doesn't matter what it was. If you can come out of the spring game with a lot of positives, but yet there's stuff needs to be worked on and you know that there's progression. I think that's, that, that's a comforting knowing that, you know, especially with all the fans that were at the baseball game, knowing when they come back and, and watch, you know, the reports and, here and, and read the articles that you know moving forward come to summer camp that there's there's a lot of good things expecting we ain't even touched on the running back room you know and that's what we'll we can keep on continuing touching on and more you get to watch practice and stuff but uh, again ethan and it was a good segment thank you again for coming on looking forward to catching you next week and uh you know catching some more baseball and, and football action yeah you said the tennessee softball series you'll this yes, one yes, I'm going to be there for the Tennessee That's series. A big one. Yep, That's a I'm, big one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I need to get back to Bogle Park really, really soon. Job's been yeah. crazy, keeping me away from there. And I got you a mini Bud Walton that I've been holding on to for a while now. I'll take so that. Yeah, I, I know that. My, my wife made me clean up and declutter my, my mess behind me, so I, I've got a spot for it. Uh, I, must say, I see some good spots <laughs> for it. It's not that big, so it's it'll slide in there nicely. <laughs> That's right. Well, Ethan, I appreciate you, man. We'll catch you next week. You bet. Talk to y'all later. See you, buddy. Well, that will do it for that segment. After the break, we're going to talk, you know, recap our conversation with Ethan, and then we'll touch on some spring football and some basketball recruiting portal news, and we'll catch you after the break. At Fordham Lee Distillery, our bourbons look as amazing as they taste. A delicious, high rye bourbon aged over six years. Fordham Lee is a company founded on the principles of great folks and spirits worth remembering. Look for Fordham Lee brands at Walk-Ons, Liquor World, Busters, and soon everywhere in Northwest Arkansas that serves fine spirits. Fordham Lee Bourbon says please drink responsibly. 21 means 21. Fordham Lee Distillery, blended and bottled in Middletown, Maryland. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And welcome back to the Hog Talk Podcast. I mentioned our friends over at Arkansas Brewing Company down at 201 South 1st Street in Ozark, Arkansas. They have all kinds of drinks, dinner specials, lunch specials, open from Wednesday to Sunday. 
Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday that they're always having some kind of karaoke night, bands playing. So catch, go down and see Chris and Destiny Brockett at 201 South 1st Street in Ozark, Arkansas, or call down there for your order, 667-2739. And now a word from our friends at Amigo Provisions Company. Man, if you like uh, fishing gear, hunting gear, whatever, head over to Amigos Provisions Company and get the get their uh, camo Razorback Frio button-down shirt. It's amazing. Feels great. It's kind of like uh, kind of like one of those great fishing shirts. You're gonna look good. You're gonna feel good. Everybody's gonna want to know where you uh, get it from. So just head over to AmigoProvisions.com and pick up a shirt or a hat. Uh, they're, they're pretty sweet. They have, uh, accented, uh, razor backs in the state of Arkansas on them. They're pretty cool. Check them out. AmigoProvisions.com. And give a special shout out to our newest, uh, sponsor, Metters Lumber Company in with locations in Alma, Ozark and Clarksville for all your true value hardware store needs. Stop into any one of the three locations Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. And again, that's Metters Lumber Company in Clarksville, Ozark and Alma. Uh, Jacob, man, that was a really good uh, conversation with Ethan. I mean, being able to touch on baseball in, in the spring game, and it's, again, what I was talking about before the break was how the tides kind of shifted. We knew Arkansas baseball was one of the top programs there, but when you're talking about the, the popularity, and Arkansas always hangs on to being that football school, and this is something I'm going to kind of bring up, you know, tomorrow is uh, – is the tide shifting to where we can kind of jokingly say, all right, this is a baseball school, but can't, I mean, with this happen, I know that it was Tennessee, but to have the turnout that they did at the spring game, can we kind of say that, is this a baseball school? Well, I hate to break it to you. I think it's also a basketball school too. I really do. I think, uh, I think Arkansas is in a in a spot where it's it's a, a weird spot because all three teams are competitive, two of them are national title contenders, and then baseball is just there every mm-hmm. single year, and so I, I really think uh, I really think that that baseball was gaining the attention because they had such a huge series there this weekend. Uh, and I think you know you had the softball series there with UAB in town. And so people, there was just a lot of options there. And, you know, right now with football in question, you go seven and six, you're not feeling as good. I think if Arkansas was coming off a nine or 10 win season, like we thought they would last year uh, uh, at this time, I think maybe there would be a, maybe 20 or 30,000 fans there. You look around yeah. the SEC and, and you see the 51,000 at, at South Carolina. So they say you see the 50 or 60,000 there at, at Georgia and you see it around the country. I mean, Auburn, uh, they didn't have a very good uh, turnout last week, too. Obviously, it was raining that weekend. But, but yeah, maybe maybe there's some interest there just because the Tennessee uh, Tennessee series was so huge. I think that might have taken away uh, some of the attention uh, for from the football team. But I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, the more and more success comes with these spring sports – the less attention it's going to lead away from the spring game. Yeah, and Wilson brings up a good point. Says in five years we'll be looked at as a basketball school. No doubt Must will win one. So, I mean, that all comes down to it. I know it's harder to win a football because when you're in 
where you're at with the SEC and stuff and where yeah. the program's at. But I think that's what's going to be the tiebreaker if we're, we're talking about basketball or baseball. Is there going to be a race between who wins the first national championship between Muss or Dave Van Horn? But right. I'm saying right now, with the longevity that Dave Van Horn's done, I mean, getting to the College World Series, being that one play away from that national championship, and just seeing the turnout that they have for a home series. I mean, you're having weekend series. I had seen somebody was talking about, and this was the most hilarious thing. Now we can kind of brag about it because we beat Tennessee. Was There was a Tennessee fan bragging about – selling out the stadium. And I'm like, we have more people at an Army midweek game than you have at what your so-called sellout stadium. Their record-breaking crowd was 5,000. Yeah. I mean, we do that at Bogle Park. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like you're, you're bragging about a stadium – that seats 5,000, and we're like, well, that, that's cute, you know. And I noticed that, you know, um, Mississippi State, you know, they broke the program record. But it all depends on the capacity. I'm sure if if Arkansas wouldn't have built that nice, nice facility for the players and the staff and put more seats there, they would have broke the capacity record. I mean, because I guarantee if you yeah. would make it to where there's 20,000 people that could get inside that stadium – they would fit 20,000 people. If there's people waiting outside the door at 3.30 in the afternoon and they're waiting four or five hours before first pitch, and I loved the, the, the Hogs Plus where they were talking about Tavian was driving by and they got to see the line. I think that means a lot to the players more than anybody because they see that the fans are there. They get to pull up hours before – the game starts, and we're like, all right, this this is a big deal. And I think it pumps yeah. everybody up. Yeah, it, it, especially because, I mean, he comes from Kansas. Like, Kansas baseball. I mean, it's just like Kansas football. Nobody really cares about you. And so it, it, it means something to those players. It means something to the guys like the uh, Jared Wagners that played at Creighton or, or Brady Slavens that played Juco ball before he came up. Uh, you, you think about the Peyton Stovall who – who uh, said no to the MLB money and came to school to play for Dave Van Horn. Like it means something to these kids. Like it, it just, it just means more like saying like sec wise, like it, it's special. Uh, and, and you talk about Wilson's comment here in five years will be looked at as a, a basketball school. Arkansas was a basketball school mm-hmm. before, before uh, the nineties came around before Houston nut took over as head coach. Arkansas was a football school. And then as Matt Jones came to campus and the Darren McFadden's, the Ryan Mouse, Kobe Hamilton's, Jarius Wright's, Joe Adams, like Arkansas became that football school because football and baseball were competing. Basketball stunk because they had John Pelfrey and uh, in the beginning eras of Mike Anderson. And and things seemed crazy because like at, at, I mean, all three, all three uh, programs were, were pretty good. And then, you know, Bobby fell off his bike. Uh, and, and the and Razorback football is in the ditch. I mean, and, and they were terrible. And then basketball and baseball started to rise up a little bit. Basketball was gaining traction with Mike Anderson, was put on a pretty good uh, foundation there as far as basketball. And, the, and guess what? Just like you said, Dave Van Horn's longevity at Arkansas, and he just kept on going. 
seven college world series in that span between uh 2001 when uh Houston came in in 98 and since uh Norm DeBryan retired and, and Dave Van Horn became the head coach there like his longevity he just keeps on bringing Arkansas up he keeps on bringing Arkansas up they are bringing in top recruiting classes every year top transfer classes every year and and that's what's making Arkansas and uh and baseball and basketball respectively better and making this 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 school more of a basketball and baseball driven is because of the success. But the moment Sam Pittman starts winning those 10 games and you're already seeing it in the recruiting, we've got, we had the number three uh, recruit in the country uh, here this weekend. And Richard Davenport wrote a story about saying that he was really interested. He was, he was looking at Arkansas a lot harder than he was uh, before because he's seeing these things and, and we're, we're seeing like Arkansas compete in recruiting with Ohio state uh, with Texas with Oklahoma, with with Clemson, and all these other schools now in football, and you just have the sense that maybe everything's going to be okay, and there may be a uh, there may be a three school, I mean a three program school. Yeah. I, I don't know, but right now baseball does lead, and basketball's just a little bit shortly behind them. And, and the, the reason why I bring that up was because even in the dark years of the football program, in the height of the baseball program, people still hung on to, to football season. You know, they're like, man, football, we can't wait to see. Is this the year we turn things around? We're next year, next yeah. year. And then even through the Chad Morris years, in between the year of transition between year one and year two, you still seen how football was still the top priority when it comes, and it still might be there. I mean, football still might be the top priority. I know it is, of course, when it comes to revenue. I mean, there's no – yeah touching it when it comes to the revenue, but I'm talking about the importance to the fans. It just, I mean, I know it's hard to gauge it off of a spring game attendance, and I know it's not really fair to the football program to say, is this a baseball school when we're comparing the Tennessee series to a spring game? I mean, I just don't, I don't think it's fair, but it still, it piqued my interest because I was yeah. like, even in the down years, we people would still turn out. People would still talk about it, but we're talking about the baseball team right now. And that just, like I said, it, it just, I'm, I'll, I'll get the fans' reaction tomorrow morning. That will be our question of the day presented by <laughs> Hillbilly, really. But, I mean, it, it's really intriguing to me to see really what the fans think. And I know we're, you know, it, it, I might be totally wrong. And, and, again, it might be unfair to the football program, but still yet it's, to me, it's just an intriguing question that I'm anxious to see yeah. – you know what the fans speak on. I think uh, I think Razorback sports is better when football is good. Oh yeah, and and when I think you you saw the transition from Chad Morris to Sam Pittman, and you're thinking, oh, we won three SEC games in year one under Sam. Then we won four and won nine total in a in a New Year's bowl game. And then you saw the trajectory going up. I think football became more important. I yeah. think it became it started to become king again. And they kind of backslid this year a little bit. But Arkansas, and I was really impressed. I wanted to ask Ethan, and we were just running out so much out of time. <laughs> but I really like, like, everybody wants to know, well, how's the quarterback position looking? How's the quarterback position looking? Because this is the team, like, they're going to be led, and Arkansas is going to go as far under Dan Enos as a quarterback can take them. And I really like KJ, and I saw how comfortable he was. And that's that was one of my questions during the uh, – uh, pre-spring game was how comfortable is KJ Jefferson going to look 
under center in an offense under a new offensive coordinator. How is he going to look? I think he passed the test, even though it was kind of like a, yeah. uh, it was more of situational work. But there you were, know there in were, your mind, you can if get you got- things out of situational work that that you probably can't in a spring, uh, regular spring game because you're playing so vanilla. Well, and you got also in the mind, you know the guy running at you can't touch you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just in that, that that pressure of knowing I'm going to make this pass because that guy's just got to throw his arm out and he touches me. Or, you know, you've seen that run where he broke off that run and they, yeah. they flagged him and said he was down. You know, there was a controversy over whether he was really down or not. You know, but still, yet, yeah, I mean, just knowing. In the, and that's where you develop, though. You want to go out there and get real game time reps, but know that in that setting – I don't have to worry about nothing but stepping back and making my plays. Now, when summer right. camp gets here and we're playing these non-conference games and these early games, that's where the guys are going to be running at you wanting to knock your head off. So, I mean, I think we'll know more come summertime and, and come closer to the season. But, I mean, anybody – it's like seven-on-seven seven ball. How many teams – these high school teams go win seven-on-seven seven state championships and then they right. go three-and-seven, you know, or four-and-six yeah. or whatever when it comes to, you know, regular season. You've got a guy coming yeah. at you six five three twenty running a four five forty, and he you know he's not going to try to knock your clock off, you know. Right. And uh, Arkansas, I think – I don't remember if we mentioned it last week – but they ended up getting that Maryland transfer. I can't remember if that happened yes. Monday or Tuesday of this week or if it happened Saturday of last week, but Arkansas got the uh, the tank out of uh, Maryland. Uh, 6'4", 320 pounds, uh, tank booker uh, out of Maryland. He was a transfer uh, up there for the Terrapins. Man, how big of an addition is that, especially when you think about how you – we talked about it with Ethan, like how valuable defensive tackles are going to be uh, as far as adding to defensive line depth. And that's a big, a big guy to add to your defensive mm-hmm. line. A lot of people, a lot of people were like, that's like John Ridgeway. And he, I mean, yeah, he plays a little bit shorter than John Ridgeway, but having monster guys that are big run stuffers, you're going to need that when you're playing a four down front in the SEC. Yeah. And, and you, it's funny you said that. Ethan put out a tweet during the, during the spring game. All right. You have snacks, you have tree. You have Rocket, you got Nudie, you got Bubba, you got Pooh, you got Tank, you got Day Day, and you got Fortnite. You got, you got a lot of lot of nicknames when it comes to the this cool, year's the cool team. names, and then you get to like Fortnite and Fortnite. Hey, listen, I, I know I like I like I like snacks though. Uh, I had a I friend of mine, and we called him Day Day. You know, his name was David. And we called him Day Day. But yeah, it, it's funny how you get all these, and it's crazy. You know. We had pool, bumper pool. You know, you had all these names and stuff. So, it's really nice to see that uh, we're, we're still making headway when it comes to the nickname game. But, no, oh, it's yeah. really nice having yeah. Ethan on to really give us a perspective of what's going on, you know, with, with the whole spring games and in, in the basketball and the, in the football and baseball practices and the games. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's done, he's doing an awesome job there for Whole Hog. And I, I'm glad that Matt is uh, – Allowing him to uh, come on every week uh, and and do a good job breaking down stuff for us. Uh, we didn't talk about the running backs. Uh, I saw a Hogs Plus uh, deal where where they were talking to Darren McFadden. He said the running backs, man, they look tenacious. <laughs> yeah, I love it when you have the head hog in mm-hmm. in uh, in tow and you've got uh, a big time. I think uh, they had uh, Braylon Russell in for a visit. 
the I can't remember what school he plays for, but he's somewhere in Central Arkansas. He was in Hot Springs, but I think he plays for like Brian or somebody now. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, Braylon Russell, big time four star running back. I think he's overall like a top top one hundred recruit in the country for the twenty twenty four class. Having uh, having Darren in to kind of like showcase, hey, the goats here, mm-hmm. like. And he's like, and then the way these guys play, tenacious, uh, active, and running into the hole, and like Rocket, did you see the stiff arm that he gave somebody in the backfield? Like he, yeah. that was Darren McFadden asking, and, and just guys running into the hole. AJ Green was just playing hard, churning away. Like I really think that going under center two uh, is really going to impact the running game because you're not taking such so much time in the backfield in shotgun all the time trying to run the ball out of the shotgun. You know, zone reads is, is a different story, but I really I really liked how they ran the ball out from under center. Yeah. It was and, a really cool change and of pace. Just, again, you know, having somebody with that track speed, you get that guy, Satania, with some – and Tesla, too. You know, getting guys that you know can be a Bake. deep threat, that yeah. Bake, you know – that's going to be a key. You've seen how big of a difference one guy in Burks did for your offense. Could you imagine you have two dual-threat guys who can really run down the field and then your running game? I mean, that can get you two to three wins right there. You know, two right. games you could have lost. I mean, you pretty much become bowl eligible with a one-dimensional offense. I mean, you didn't have a deep, deep threat. So you get a no. deep threat and you become or you're a balanced offense. And especially again with a guy like Enos coming in, wanting to be there, not checked out, not looking for another job. And of course, you're not gonna have that locker room stuff. You're not gonna have guys, can I trust this guy calling these plays? Is he just trying to do this so he can get a a, a nice payday? Is it is it something that you know, is this guy just looking for the next job and what's he doing, you know, going and interviewing and stuff and and not being a part of this team. So, and again, I know it's spring game and the fact that it's just – it's going to be refreshing to see what this team does with a whole new scheme, a whole new, you know, mindset when it comes to – the offense and defensive side of the ball. And, and we, I know we've talked about the offensive lot, but you got new defensive coordinators coming in. You got new guys on defense that's, you know, wanting to come in and make a name for themselves too. And we'll break down that, you know, more that the season gets here. But I was telling them, you know, the fact that we're, we've been talking a lot about the offense. We need even broke down the defensive side of the ball and the defensive no. coach and, and what he's wanting to do for the team. I mean, it's just, but the thing in, you know, you got to score points, and that's where you've seen a lot of change. But you've lost a lot, and when it comes down to it, we've lost a lot on the defense. We lost a lot of depth, and that's going to be the scary thing. We can see all this stuff what we want for the from the running backs and the receivers and the quarterback and all that. But are we going to be able to stop the other team from scoring? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a huge that is a big question too because you think about it. Like, I think Arkansas is going to be able to get pressure up the middle in the gaps just because I saw Landon, the way Landon Jackson was coming off uh, the end it was really impressive. Kind of remind me of a more of a Dietrich wise. Uh, I, I remember when uh, he played here, he was real twitchy and a guy that really liked to live in the bonus backfield. Um, 
I think you're going to see a John Morgan and, and that Trajan Jeffcoat, uh, both of those big-time transfers uh, out of Pitt and, and Missouri, respectively. Like those two, those two schools usually churn out some pretty good defensive line talent. And uh, to have those two guys here, and then you think about having a Torian Carter uh, healthy, and you think about having a, uh, a big-time transfer in, in the Maryland guy, Tank, uh, uh, Tank Booker, and, and then you think about the linebackers, too. You lose Bumper Pool and you lose Drew Sanders, but you're bringing in Antonio Greer that was a uh, all, a, all AAC uh, linebacker out of uh, USF. But you also have Pooh Paul there. You have uh, Jordan Crook. Uh, Jordan Crook had a half, a half a sack. I know that's how Ethan was saying it earlier. <laughs> he had a half sack. Uh, but those linebackers were, uh, were bringing pressure every single play, it seemed like. So pressure is going to be there. It's going to be up to the defensive backs to be able to make plays and hold on, hold down on their own. I think there was a couple of times where they made plays throughout the scrimmage that were very impressive. Yeah, and and again, you know, just a lot of things to look forward to when it comes to um, the, the football and, of course, the basketball. You know, which. The whole transfer portal just keeps on. And with the new news that come out this week about the unlimited unofficials, but you can only take one per school. I mean, Jacob, I mean, before we get into, you know, what Arkansas has done this week at the transfer portal, I mean, what's your take on the whole unlimited official visits? And, and again, when – if correct me if I'm wrong, but like an official visit – the school pays for it, correct? I mean, is that on yes. the school if you take – So, That's if right. these kids get unlimited, what's that going to do to all the people that are saying, you know, hey, look, you're spending all this money on recruiting, trying to get kids in the transfer portal, trying to get kids out of high school. I mean, you're giving the all these athletes unlimited official visits. Where are these schools going to start having to get this money from? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's insane that – on top of paying them to get them there, you're going to have to pay them to stay. Think about it this way, though, because you're already, I mean, you're going to be looking for the budget. Where, where's the money in the budget going to come from? Because you're already asking your boosters and mm-hmm. and all these fans to give money for all these NIL uh, uh, divisions, and and you're thinking, man, where are we going to get all this money from? Mom and, and dad's going to be paying for a lot expanding. of dates. <laughs> yeah. Now you're expanding your uh, reach as far as uh, uh, recruiting business uh, go on officials. Like that to me is ex- is is insane because yeah, like the SEC schools are going to be able to do it, the Big Ten schools are going to be able to do it. Outside of that, <clears throat> who's going to be able to do it? But I think and you brought up a good point though because it, it's gonna these people unlimited. It's going to make it to where some of these schools who thought they might not have a chance will now have a chance. I mean, it's going to – you can't just say, well, I'm going to go to my top three schools. Well, if you're – that's just something that just come to me. is like, well, if you're only giving these kids top three schools, will these three schools keep on getting all the recruits? Now you're doing unlimited. Well, I, maybe I want to take a little quick while I'm over at Oklahoma. What if I want to jump over to Oklahoma State or – what if I, I want to jump on a plane from Arkansas and go to Hawaii? Yeah, you never know. And that always <laughs> like, man, how have they not ever had a bunch of 
bomb teams when it comes to I mean, you want to go play in Hawaii for four years? That just that always blew my mind how they've just never really I mean, they had a oh, what was name was his name? Brennan, Colt Brennan or something. Colt Brennan, yeah. yeah. I mean, that one year they were really, really good at, at, you know, at football, but it just that was one of the things that really kind of surprised me. You see all these coastal towns and stuff in these states and just I'll, I mean, if they just never took off. Exactly. Oh, it's crazy. But a lot of things <laughs> but to yeah, think they, about. Uh, uh, but anyways, before we before we uh, go, I mean, you you had a Khalif battle this week, and we we talked about that Huge. Sunday. Yep. I was like, watch out last Sunday. Watch out for maybe some news on Monday or Tuesday of Khalif battle. And then I tweeted out some news about Tyler Perry visiting, and and then I had to take it down because I was consulted, and and I was like, okay. And then they didn't tell me why. And so then the very next day, they had uh, Jeremiah Davenport come in, uh, a guy that I don't even know if he visited. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, the, and he commits, and then Tyler Perry ends up coming and visiting Arkansas. Uh, and there's there's supposedly, like, some other big fish out there. Uh, you thought you were going to get Jesse Evers out of Syracuse. He had trimmed his list down, ended up committing today to West Virginia. And then you have uh, CC that's still in the portal out of Oklahoma State. Obviously, you have the number one recruit in the nation that everybody wants, and Hunter Dickinson. I don't know if Arkansas has a chance for him or not. Uh, maybe we'll they find out because he's, he's. I think he's trimming down his list to like Georgetown, Maryland, and Kansas. And I'm thinking, huh? Georgetown stinks. Maryland's mid, and Kansas, Arkansas just freaking beating the uh, NCAA tournament. Like, I mean, I think Arkansas might be in a better spot. Uh, but I don't. I'm not saying watch out for him. I'm just saying, you know, Hunter Dickinson's out there. I mean, maybe you can. Well, I think maybe somebody can, uh, went on. I think they, they'll throw uh, a bag at him. David March, you know, the, the the Twitter guy, he got on a live chat and was basically pleading for Hunter to come to Arkansas. I mean, it was it was one of the <laughs> funny things, you know. But yeah, look, we're in a different age. You know, we're in a different age of how we can connect to these recruits, and you Absolutely. never know. As crazy as those tweets are, if it's somebody like him who's willing to do something insane, look at Teeter. You know what he does. He, you know, he He's a love-hate guy. There's a lot of people who love him, a lot of people who hate him. But look what he's done for the students and the athletes and stuff and how he's Absolutely. connected to the, the students. I mean, you can't do nothing but tip your hat to the guy. The same way, you know, with the trolling and stuff. I mean, but all in all – we can talk about these guards and scores, but I'm I'm just saying we desperately need a big, and you want to talk about making a splash with a big, Hunter Dickinson would be one of the biggest. I mean, he would be up there, and this is just potential. He could be up there with Portis and Gafford, you know, just with Jalen Williams when it comes to the inside presence. I mean, that's a legit guy. What I said, you need a guy that can come inside and get you 10 to 12 to 15 points. What better way to have a guy like him? I mean, all-conference, right? probably all-American type player that can come in and get you 15 to 20 inside and then be able to kick it out to your scores. I mean, that, that would be a huge land. We talk about the guards, but I'm telling you, if they land Dickinson, that's going to be a huge, huge underrated deal because we're talking about all the scores. I mean, and, and not enough about the impact that he could bring to Arkansas. And again, people are starting to notice that these transfer guys are coming in and getting to the league. 
They're coming in and getting developed. They're going to come to Arkansas if they really want to try to get to the league, and that would be a perfect fit for him because Arkansas needs a big. You're not just coming in Absolutely. as a roster spot. You're coming in, and he will start, yeah. and he'll make a huge impact next year. Yeah, even if Arkansas doesn't get a Dickinson and they, they end up getting another guard and just saying, okay, we're done with, with Graham and Brazil and and we bring back Makai Mitchell, like – they can there's there's situations throughout the the games that you can play five outs and just yeah. say, hey, shoot the three, go attack the board, and 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 go again because you know on those long rebounds, I mean you it's basically a fifty fifty ball. So I mean that's the kind of def, uh, offensive philosophy that I really think Musselman wants to play with is more of a five out positionless basketball, being able to have more lanes to drive and draw fouls. Uh, I think that fits Arkansas's philosophy a little bit more than having a big man. And I know that our, I mean, I know I'm going to get uh, hated on for that take because Arkansas's been beaten by the Sonogos, by the uh, Paulo Boncheros, by the Baylor big men. But you think about it, you, you've also struggled scoring the ball a lot over the past three years. Yeah. And now you have a chance to have uh, five guys that scored at least 10 points a game in their college career and a, a couple that, uh, that have averaged 17, 18, 19 points a game. So that's big additions there, and you have key uh, key uh, returnees too. I think Arkansas is setting themselves up to say, hey, we're in this for the long run. I think right now Musselman is saying, we have staying power and we're going to stay here, and you're just going to have to stop me. Yeah, that, that's big. That's why it would be huge to get another big because you're talking about, even with the scores, even with the scores Arkansas had, You've run into Baylor. You've run into Duke. You've run into Kansas. You've run – I mean, not Kansas, but you beat Gonzaga, you beat Kansas, but then you look at this year and you run into UConn. You're getting out-physical. You're not getting out – I mean, you're getting out-scored, but you're getting out-physical. And that, that, again, that would be – even if it isn't, like you said, Dickinson, I think they just truly need another big – because it doesn't matter unless you know you've got three guys that can get you – 15, 20 a game, right. that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to have three guys that go 17 to 20 a game to alleviate, and maybe four if a guy goes cold. But you're going to have to th- have three 15 to 20-point scores if you don't bring in another big. And that's going to come to bite yeah. you playing that rigorous schedule, playing in the SEC, and then when you come into where you're playing those Thursday – Saturday splits or the Friday-Sunday splits, and then, yes, you get a week off, and then you're doing it. Friday, Sunday split or, or Thursday, Sunday split, that's where it taxes you. And you're getting you're playing bigger and better competition and getting body, and that's what happens when you run out of gas. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting week. We'll see. I don't think Musselman's done yet. I think he could get two to three more guys to transfer in. And just like the whole deal with Barry Dunning leaving after he looked like he was staying, like this roster deal is fluid. Is ever changing, and that's where uh, fans have to realize that we're not living in the days of the uh, of the past. This is a whole different thing. You got to get used to it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I mean, it's for for us that report about these these things and, and recap these things. It's beautiful for us because we have plenty of content to exactly. go through. Exactly. But I can't think about. I, I keep forgetting how agonizing it is for fans that just follow it occasionally too. Like. Man, Arkansas is losing everybody, but they're gaining everybody. Like all these guys, it's just an an ever ending uh, cycle here, and and I like it. <laughs>
that's that's what the transfer portal brings you. It brings you new and exciting. I mean, it's almost like a mystery eggs every year. You're getting to open up and see right. what you have. You never know. But, Jacob, you got anything else before we wrap this thing up? We're good, man. Woo pig. All right. Well, hey, that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We'll catch you tomorrow night or Tuesday for the weekly women's sports report. And then we'll be back with you right here next Sunday for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.